Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Greetings from Nashville, Tennessee, folks. Uh, welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. One more time from the NHL Draft in Music City. Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you. However, we are not with a, with the uh, original computer we came with today. We'll get the laptop gate a little later on as well as later on. You can check my Twitter feed for uh, the, the gory details. It has been quite an eventful day for us, though. Uh, and, of course, for the Winnipeg Jets and the rest of the National Hockey League as we uh, probably are just getting down to the short stroke, sixth and seventh round of the draft festivities here in Nashville. That being said, very interesting first round last night. And I guess with all the talk about the incredible talent in this draft, um, teams didn't want to trade their picks. Certainly not on draft night. The first time since 2007, there were no trades made in the National Hockey League, but or a number of picks made, including Colby Barlow being selected by the Winnipeg Jets. And we're going to hear the first interview from Colby Barlow as well as reaction from Kevin Shevel-Dayoff. Uh, we hooked up with Craig Button earlier today. We'll get his thoughts on the pick and uh, and more. Um, Ken Weave is going to join us. He's been doing a great job today all over pick-by-pick analysis of the draft, talking about the Manitobans that were selected, as well as what the Winnipeg Jets have done. And before Ken does come on, though, of course, the Jets didn't have a second rounder. They did have a third round pick, and they picked Zach Naring out of Shattuck St. Mary's High School, a native of Minot, North Dakota. But with some Winnipeg ties, Bosalt got the first interview with Zach Naring, and we'll have that coming up as well. As I said, after we listen to uh, the first round pick of the Winnipeg Jets, Colby Barlow, and general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff from the draft floor last night. Um, Winnipeg Sports Talk at the, Nash- at the NHL Draft in Nashville all week long has been presented by our great friends at CoolBet. Uh, once again, I want to thank Pat, Jake, and the CoolBet team for making this trip possible. And it really has been um, spectacular for us and uh, a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, certainly with the feedback we've got from all of you listening on the show, as well as what we put on our social media channels, uh, we really appreciate it and wanted to pass that on to the folks that made this possible with our friends at CoolBet. No lock shop today, by the way. Dusty is cranking up a uh, podcast-only version. So wherever you get your favorite podcast and Winnipeg Sports Talk, search the lock shop. We'll break down the uh, games for week the uh, four in the Canadian Football League. Our picks are there, including mine. And, of course, you can get the cool bet for the partner parlay and the exclusives. A lot of people that rode with us on the uh, golf picks yesterday, I think, are loving what's happening at the Rocket Mortgage right now. We'll hit that later on for our friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club, as well as our great sponsors at the Gold Eyes, Assiniboy and Downs, Inconsernus Lodge and Little Brown Jug, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Consolidated Supply and Princess Auto, Nick and Nicky DQ, F Apparel, Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, Canadian Club Whiskey, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech. And of course, Modern Man Barbershop. And looking forward to getting your reaction on the Jets' first round pick in our Why Not Question of the Day, brought to you by our friends at Not Auto Corp, Overly, Waverly, and McGillivray. All right, let's get him in here. Michael Remus, how uh, how are you? It's been a, it's been a, an eventful few days, and I'm not sure we've had a more eventful period of time as it was this morning, heading back to Nashville, getting ready for the second day of the draft to begin. Yeah. Um... Well, first of all, yesterday was so much fun. Um, 
you know, it was great to be back in the NHL draft. I hadn't been here since I was at the draft in 2011 and, you know, seeing the huge production backstage and seeing pretty much everyone in hockey media uh, back there. Very cool. And seeing, you know, a lot of young, young people live out their dreams being drafted to the NHL, the crowd around, around Connor Bedard, uh, pretty cool. Matt Faye Mitchkov going seven was exciting. Uh, but then the Winnipeg Jets p picking Colby Barlow, um, seems like a great kid, but you know, for us, it was, you know, work, work, work. I think I was posting videos till about 1 a.m. And then this morning, you know, we're packing up, go going. I shut down the laptop, <laughs> shut down the laptop, put it in my bag, get to the, you know, walk 10 minutes to the arena, put it through the x-ray detector, whatever, open my bag at the arena and like the laptop isn't opening properly or closing properly and the screen. And that was the laptop we used all week to stream the show from and edit videos on and thankfully we have two laptops here yes uh, luckily but Most, <laughs> Most I, I, i'm happy that we're both laughing at this laptop thing i don't know what i don't know what happened to us it got very hot yesterday and I, maybe it melted maybe the i think the x-ray machine blew it up oh yeah it's, the remus is theories remus is theories for this so, go to my twitter at hustle You'll see a picture of Remus with his hands in the air I don't after claiming, I didn't do anything. I didn't. And yet in the 20 minutes since he closed it up here, where we're sitting right now, walked three or 400 meters down the yeah. street, went to an x-ray machine, opened it up. A very expensive and good laptop was essentially rendered useless. It's, the screen's cracked. The case is, is wrecked. I don't, I don't know what happened. I put it, it was fine here. Okay, fine. Put it in my backpack, walk down the street, get to the, get to the things like you, me, you and Jamie Thomas of CJOB and Jets TV. We just start, I don't know. Every people around us were like, what, what is that? I've never seen that before. <laughs> so, um, didn't ruin our day. We're kind of laughing it off as much as you can, but that, uh, that really sucked. So shout out to Alex. Uh, yes. Yes. Shout out to Alex. For anyone that in. says there's nothing good coming out of Ottawa, our pal Alex Allard has uh, come out of the bullpen with his rubber arm to kind of save the day right now. So, uh, shout out to yeah. Alex who's kind of manning mission control right now today. Although we do have the YouTube chat up right now. <laughs> Remo's there. Shout out to everyone that's with us right off the bat. And uh, it should be a really good show. As they say, we do have plenty of content. We're sort of planning on doing the show from the media center there. Uh, but one of the other one of the other issues mm -hmm. was that the internet yeah. was absolute garbage. And for such a big event that's broadcast around the world that has so many media there, I don't know how they can have a uh, an internet service that was so weak. Although I guess it's probably just because of how many people were there. I know Sean and Ken went on yesterday, and I think things went pretty well for the Kenny and Rennie show. Yeah, but I think that's because most of the people were gone. That wouldn't have been the case from one to three. So, anyways, we're here, and a big shout out to the wonderful staff here at Embassy Suites. We had an amazing stay here in Nashville. Helped us out big time by. Uh, allowing us to hang around a few extra hours before we got to get out of here and start the uh, planes, trains, and automobiles trip back to Winnipeg. All right. Uh, anyways, here, that's... Just, that I do want to add, it wasn't a scooter. People thought I dropped it on the, on the scooter. <laughs> I dropped it on the scooter. If you didn't see the scooter video on Hustlers, Twitter, Winnipeg Sports Talk, Twitter, or someone said, oh, you spilled barbecue sauce on it. I see Benji Rothman in chat wondering if it was a catastrophic implosion of the laptop. <laughs> I don't know. I think the best theory is that I didn't shut it off and it overheated and, and kind of melted. 
That's my that's my guess. There was there was some it was so hot plutonium was, in the in there. It was so hot this laptop. And by the way, right now, um, speaking of plutonium, it is absolutely apocalyptic outside right now. We're in the middle of a severe thunderstorm warning in the Nashville area downtown. Hope there's not a lot of folks that are just leaving the draft right now because they will be getting absolutely pounded. We'll see what that means for later on. Anyways, there's a little update on the hijinks that's been happening behind the scenes right now. Uh, but let's get right to it because it was a real exciting night last night. A little bit of a dud if you were hoping for massive player movement and trades. And we'll sort of talk more about that later on. But really, the first round is about the young men that you know are, are, are picked. And it started off with Connor Bedard. There was absolutely no doubt that he would be the number one selection of the Chicago Blackhawks. And... Uh, you know, I've got a couple pictures. I should t- I'll tweet these out after the program, and uh, we'll put them up on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, the the scene around Connor Bedard's media scrum. Um, when we spoke to Kevin Dayoff before the draft yesterday, he was at what did they call it? The Super Pod. Uh, yeah, they have. Um, if you check our Instagram story from yesterday, it had they have all these like interview areas, and there's like you know a bunch of individual ones. But yeah, the Super Pod is where they have the big media scrums and you were actually front row for Kevin Sheveldale of asking some great questions us. Oh, I dropped, I mean, full big J operation here for uh, mm-hmm. WST and you'll see that later on. I, I had, do have that club in my bag, although usually it's more fun uh, here having fun with you all here on, uh, on YouTube in a Winnipeg sports talk. But uh, we did talk to Kevin Sheveldale off about a number of the, you know, sort of pertinent questions going into the draft post Pierre-Luc Dubois trade um, as well as, you know, I, I mean, we'll just get to this right now because I know we're going to kind of focus on Colby Barlow and, you know, some of the selections of the uh, Winnipeg Jets and what's happening around. Um, it was very, very quiet trade-wise. And, you know, I talked to um, young Darren Drager today and uh, Pierre Lebrun, Frank Saravelli, Dave Pagnotta. Uh, there is, it, it's quiet right now when it comes to uh, the trade market. And we've talked about, you know, the uh, worry of Connor Hellebuck's contract demands and, you know, what uh, a long-term extension would mean for a team picking him up. Um, and it's just been real quiet on Mark Shifley. And, uh, I mean, who knows whether that will change over the course of the next little bit. Um, you know, of course, free agency does get going on uh, on Saturday. Um, but as of right now, there, there wasn't any really had said that, you know, they were hearing a few things around the Winnipeg Jets. I know Pierre Lebrun speculated that things would pick up today, uh, but so far there's been a few minor deals, but for the most part, it has been all about the uh, selections and the young men picked uh, by the uh, 32 teams of the National Hockey League, which brings us to the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, Reem, yesterday, you know, we were, it was very interesting because you know, there was a few picks that I think surprised some folks in the first 15 or so um, and has happened a few times. I mean, Kyle Connor at 17 was a perfect example. You're sort of seeing it 15 and 16, knowing where the Jets were picking and a number of players that I think were ranked quite high on a number of the draft experts and scouting services. But the Winnipeg Jets were going to have a few real nice choices to make and probably a tough choice. Um, you know, a couple of the top young players from the U.S. National Development Team, Gabriel Perot, I believe at a 100-point season, and Oliver Moore, who was a player that I think myself and a lot of people were pretty keen on considering what we'd heard from the people that, you know, scout these young men professionally. Um, but the Winnipeg Jets ended up going with Colby Barlow, who, as I mentioned in a tweet right afterwards, Craig Button, 
Good program. Absolutely loves. You'll hear him later on today speaking about, uh, you know, honestly, every year there's a player or two that they refer to as Craig's crush. Colby Barlow <laughs> was, uh, was, was his crush. And, uh, and I have to tell you this, gang, and you'll hear this for yourself in a minute. Um, got an opportunity very shortly after he was selected to uh, do a one-on-one with Colby Barlow for Winnipeg Sports Talk. And I mean, Remo, for a fan base that is looking for a bit of a culture change for young men that want to be Winnipeg Jets, that embrace the opportunity Mm -hmm. and this community. I mean, honest to God, you could not have scripted better answers. Uh, Somebody said, somebody said in the comments of the chat, they thought that I was about to hug the young man. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't, but uh, maybe it should have crossed my mind. He uh, absolutely nailed it. He comes with energy. And I turned around and said to Marat and Jamie and some of the guys, uh, this is feels like Rutger McGrory 2.0. And I know many of you watching on YouTube that have enjoyed Rutger McGrory's visits on WST in the past and just the energy that he brings, the attitude, um, and how much it seems that that is needed here in Winnipeg. Um, it's almost like they got a second version of that. And, you know, we'll get into what he brings as a hockey player, the youngest captain mm-hmm. in the OHL, a 17-year-old captain, 46 goals, I believe, last year on the season. Uh, great performance in the under-18s. Uh, there's a lot to love about this player, but just on the surface, again, you know, you see what happens as players develop. Already a very complete player, a captain of his team. And, um, you know, as, as far as the, the um, attitude, um, which I think has been something that we've talked a lot about, guys that, you know, will embrace Winnipeg. He clicked all the boxes and knocked that interview absolutely out of the park. Yes. Uh, I couldn't help but turn around and I just have a great feeling and a smile on my face just from talking to him after he was picked. Yeah, you have to mention Scholastic Player of the Year following in the footsteps of other Jets draft picks, uh, Cole Perfetti, Adam Lowry, Josh Morrissey, and also Nelson Noje. And the one thing, you know, a lot of people notice about him, you know, you look at these guys getting drafted, they're all, what, 18? You know, fresh face kids. You can't believe how young they are. Not Colby Barlow. Uh, so a lot of people in our mentions, you know, he had came with the full beard saying, what, this kid can't be, can't be 18 already. And I think he's, you know, he's built and uh, he seems excited to for the chance to play with a Canadian team. So, um, you know, we saw highlights of uh, his shot. Uh, very, you know, very impressive young man. Said all the right things in their interview after. Here, uh, here's just a little bit. And again, we talked about how much talent there was in this draft. Uh, and even in a draft that, you know, had a, a lot of, um, you know, highly touted young men, um, he really turned out, well, I'm just going to go down this list over a shout out to elite prospects for putting all this together. He was ranked number 12 by consolidated ranking. Elite had him number 17. FC Hockey had him 13. Our pal Chris Peters had him 15. 16 at daily faceoff. Bob McKenzie had him number 12. The Hockey News number 13. McKean's 12. Craig Button had him number 10, as we mentioned. Central Scouting had him number 12. Sportsnet number 9. Our pal Shane Malloyne had him number 17. But I did talk to Shane, and he thought that this was an absolutely perfect fit for Winnipeg. And uh, number 9 for Recruit as well. Draft Prospects had him number 8. So uh, there is a lot to like from Colby Barlow. Uh, as far as what he's done on the ice. Um, you know, I know, I believe it was Dave Baduke, and shout out to the Little Curve guys. We did jump on their draft show last night, had a fun time with Dave and Ezzy. They did a great job, um, you know, with a Winnipeg and uh, jet-focused conversation throughout the first round. 
Um, Dave tweeted out a couple of highlights. And the one thing that stands out about Barlow is his finishing ability. I mean, the shot that this young man has. I mean, he can score on the rush against elite goaltending. Um, and he's able to get it off in traffic, which is something that the greats have done. I mean, Connor Bedard was another one of those guys. They talked about how great his shot is and how that compares to the top players in the NHL. I'm not he's got a Connor Bedard shot, but with some of the clips that we've seen of the highlights of him, um, he, uh, listen, an NHL ready shot right now, I think we can safely say a very, very well-rounded player. And um, a guy that when I asked him what he brings to the table, the first thing he said is, uh, you know, I wanted to be known as a really good person. And uh, I got to tell you, the, uh, the vibes around this young man were great. I mean, you never know how prospects are going to turn out, but there's a lot of people in the scouting industry that are big, big fans of Colby Barlow. And from the reaction of the interview that we posted that we're going to play in a moment, Remo, um, I think there's a lot of Winnipeg Jet fans that uh, are pretty pleased that this young man is going to be eventually coming into the, uh, a lineup here in the city. Of yeah, you look at his numbers last year with Owen Sound, 59 games, 46 goals, 33 points or sorry, 33 assists, 79 points. One thing that Kevin Cheveldayoff mentioned too, you know, he liked, he still called him a greasy player and said, you know, his game is a fit for the playoffs. And we've seen so much the last couple of years, you know, there's regular season hockey and playoff hockey. And you have a guy like him and Rutger, you know, maybe lining up with a, a Brad Lambert. I think you have a nice mix of, you know, skinny guys, Versus yeah, me medium guy, theory. back to Nintendo ice hockey. You know, you have medium big guy, you know, with your skinny guy, like uh, Brad Lambert, or if it's a Chaz Luce, you know, Rutger and and Colby. I'm just thinking of a future Winnipeg Jets. Those guys, maybe your meteor, medium to big guys. Well, well, and Shane Malloy in my conversation with him, and we were hoping to catch up with him. There was so much going on. Uh, we'll probably get him week for a little bit of a, a draft wrap overall and some of his thoughts the one thing that you know he did say as uh, as completed as competitive a player he is he goes this kid is absolutely made for the playoffs and um you know what listen he had 46 goals in 59 games in the Ontario Hockey League as a 17 year old captain all of that very very impressive but when you're able to elevate your game and play that playoff style I think that is what really attracted the Winnipeg Jets to Colby Barlow so uh, we're going to hear from him in just a moment. And then a very happy Kevin Sheveldayoff afterwards. Now, in the chat, I would love to hear, uh, for those of you that watched on Sportsnet, I mean, we obviously were here. We had the ESPN broadcast in the media center in addition to being outside on the risers at times watching what was happening. So we didn't see this live. But the clip of, of Chevy doing the interview afterwards saying something to the extension of we just picked Colby Barlow and that's real hot. I don't know what the context of that was, but to uh, the folks that sent it over the two second clip, I got a great laugh out of it. And then actually mentioned that to Chevy when I got a chance yes. to speak with him afterwards. <laughs> he had a, he had a huge smile after you brought that, but he didn't say like, Hey, you said, you said, oh, you, oh, you couldn't contain your excitement on, on the TV broadcast. So uh, well done there with the questions. All right. So uh, listen, let's uh, let's get to it. We're going to get to Colby Barlow, the Jets' first rounder. If you haven't heard this already, I think you'll really be impressed with the young man. And uh, if you're a Jet fan, you may have heard it on other socials. We'll get ready. I think you're going to enjoy it again. And then Shevel Day off. And then, as I mentioned, the Jets didn't have a second-round pick. They did take Zach Nehring, um, Minot native, 
with some Winnipeg ties, going to Shattuck St. Mary's and playing with Sioux Falls in the USHL. So we'll tell you a little bit about him, and you'll get a chance to hear from him first coming up in just a minute. Uh, before we do get to that, again, uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk at the NHL Draft in Nashville, brought to you by our great partners at CoolBet. Also want to thank our friends over at Modern Man Barbershop, now with eight locations in the city of Winnipeg, including the newest locations over on Plessy Road and Pembina Highway. Uh, Modern Man Barbershop has uh, all sorts, I mean, haircut, beard shaping, shaves, and more, and an incredible selection of men's care, men's products. Uh, pop down and see them at any of the uh, Modern Man's. And if you do need to make an appointment, you can book your look via modernmanbarber.com. And now uh, you can give them a follow at Instagram over at Modern Man Barbershops as well. Um, you know, it's hotter, hot as hell right now, although it's cooling down, I think, with this severe thunderstorm. It looks like it's going to be hot for the long What a great time to uh, make 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech. Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And whole home renovations start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of renos as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech's ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Hey, long weekend's coming up. The kids are out of school. Now's the time to make the most of that Manitoba summer. And, you know, whether you are in the golf cart, whether you're out on a boat, a sea-doo, ATV, and more, you got to get those suckers powered, and you need batteries for those. And luckily, Donnie and the great staff at Manitoba Battery are going to get you the best price in town, shopping local, and make it as convenient as possible to max out on time with the family and not worrying about the details of life to make all that happen. Here's the deal. Manitoba Battery's got the lowest price on batteries in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And to make it even better for you, any price, any purchase over 60 bucks, they'll deliver it to you anywhere in the city for free. That's right. They're waiting for you right now at 1026 Logan Avenue. But again, if you don't want to take the time to head out, just go online to manitobabattery.com. And the Manitoba Battery Rule team will deliver it anywhere citywide. Same day if you get your order in around the time we start we start Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can also give them a call. Big shout out and thanks to our friends at Manitoba Battery for their support UST. And just before we listen to Colby Barlow and his first interview as a member of the Winnipeg Jets after being drafted last night, got to tip our cap to our friends at Canadian Club. Long weekends here. Make sure you pop by and get the good stuff. Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, your local Manitoba liquor marts. And don't forget the uh, favorite cocktail of the summer, Canadian Club and Ginger pre-mixed cocktail in cans available at Manitoba liquor marts. And of course, your local beer vendor as well. Um, all right. Cheval Dayoff's reaction to the first pick coming up. But first off, here was our first visit with the newest member of the Jets organization. Last night's first rounder, 18th overall out of Owen Sound of the OHL, Colby Barlow. Here with Jets first rounder, Colby Barlow. Colby, uh, what was it like when you heard the Winnipeg Jets select you in the first round tonight? Oh man, it was super special, um, especially to be drafted by the Winnipeg Jets, a Canadian team, being a Canadian boy growing up watching, you know, all the Canadian teams. It's, it's just super special and to hear my name called, it was, uh, it's, it, it hasn't even sunk in, it's so surreal. Uh, you know, the draft process is a long one. Uh, how much contact did you have with the Winnipeg Jets? What was that like? And did you have an inkling that uh, they might be calling your name tonight? 
Uh, I met with him at the combine. I think I met with him once throughout the year, and uh, you know, we only had a couple couple conversations, and I had no idea that that I would end up here. But I'm, you know, just super happy, super grateful that this opportunity came, and I ended up a Jet. And you had the uh, great year, a 17-year-old captain uh, for Winnipeg Jet fans. Uh, tell us what uh, you bring to the table and uh, what you'll uh, be bringing to the organization. Yeah, just uh, a good person first and foremost, and then uh, you know, just play a 200-foot hard game. Um, you know, play skill as well, get to the net, finish my routes, get in the corner, and just play, you know, a gritty game all, sing all night. So, uh, yeah, that's what you're getting. <laughs> you know, we uh, was speaking with a couple people that, uh, you know, were our, our scouts, and uh, they spoke about your versatility, but also your competitiveness. Uh, uh, a 200-foot game, but also uh, it seems like you're, uh, you pride yourself on bringing it every night. Yeah, I think it's super important to, uh, you know, bring something to the table every single night, whether that's a goal, a block shot, a, a hit, just getting energy, PK. I think it's important that, you know, you're able to do, you know, everything on the ice and, and try to bring energy every single night in, in any way. One uh, draft trend that the Winnipeg Jets have had over the years is taking uh, players that uh, do well in school. You're the <laughs> fifth, I believe, scholastic player of the year for the CHL. <laughs> Tell us about that side of you and uh, why that was so important for you to excel both in the classroom and on the ice. Yeah, I just think it's important to, um, you know, keep your mind open, not just be, you know, focused on hockey, hockey, hockey. I think it's important that, you know, you have a good uh, educational background. My mom's a teacher, so she was always, uh, she was always, you know, pushing that. But I, I like to pride myself in it and, uh, you know, just keep my mind open and, and learning new things. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up and uh, what brought you to uh, your OHL team and now uh, to the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL. Yeah, I'm born and raised in really Ontario. Um, and my family raised me there. I got you know two brothers, uh, two step brothers, a stepsister. So you got a you got a great big happy family. And uh, I moved down to Toronto when I was when I was 12 to, to play in the G and, and play for the Marlies. And you know that brought me to Owen Sound. And then my two years in Owen Sound brought me here. So it's uh, it's a pretty crazy ride. You uh, you're very young for a captain in uh, in junior hockey. How did that come about? And uh, what was that responsibility like as uh, as a 17 year old? Yeah, obviously it can be kind of a difficult you know, thing to handle as a 17-year-old with, with older guys on your team. and um, But I think it just came with, you know, the just, just being me every single day, just, you know, making sure I'm doing 110% on and off the ice every single day. That's a big thing for me. And like I said, I learned a lot from Mark Woolley, former captain, um, my rookie year. I was, I was fortunate enough to live with him and learn learn from him all year. So a lot of uh, a lot of good things I learned from Mark and, and brought with me this year. I'm, uh, I'm sure people asking, uh, do you have a hockey hero? Is there uh, or do you have a favorite player? Is there a player that maybe you uh, pattern your game after? I'd say just uh, growing up, me and my dad were big uh, Lemieux fans, obviously a fantastic hockey player, and that's just a guy, you know, we, we watch and, and uh, you know, I've cherished. Uh, let's uh, just quickly tell us about what draft week has been like. Uh, it's a one-time, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. of. Uh achieved your goal of being drafted in the first round, but uh, the entire experience and uh, obviously having friends and family with you. Super special week. I mean, especially to have, you know, most of my friends and family from Aurelia here. It's uh, it's pretty incredible to share this with them. I mean, they've all they've all done so much for me, every single one of them. So it's uh, it's been a, it's been a surreal and a special week for sure. Uh, after you heard your name called, you went and met the Jets organization. What uh, did uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff and the rest of the uh, Jets crew have to say? They just congratulated me. It's uh, it's a special moment. Take it all in and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just so stoked, super excited. Uh, obviously, tonight will be a fun night for you, and uh, 
get to work next week uh, with uh, the uh, development camp in Winnipeg. How yeah. excited are you looking forward to that? Oh, stoked. Uh, you know, counting down the days. It's uh, definitely an exciting time. Hey, just uh, just before we go, a quick message to Jet fans on uh, your excitement to be a part of uh, the organization, but also the Winnipeg community one day. Yeah, I'm just super, super excited to be a Winnipeg Jet and, you know, to call you guys, uh, you know, fans and family. It's, uh, it's super special to be a part of the community and, and your great organization. So thank you. Colby, congratulations. We'll look forward to seeing you in the peg. Thank you. draft interview if I think there ever was and um you know he uh I mean listen obviously everyone's excited when they get drafted but that was uh it really did seem like a genuine enthusiasm and um as I say he didn't need to be prompted um he uh he seemed to be very excited to be coming to the Winnipeg Jets and uh I'm really looking forward to development camp next week and maybe getting a chance to reconnect with him and of course we're gonna get Rucker McGordy coming up there as well and as I said, Remus, and I think people will agree now, after listening to Colby Barlow in our first chat with him, the Rutger vibes that uh, that he uh, he gives off. And uh, I think for a team that, as I've mentioned for a long time, I think desperately needs that sort of passion and enthusiasm and uh, excitement to being a Winnipeg Jet, um, the Jets got it in spades uh, in addition to a kid that uh, well put up 46 goals in 59 games last year as a 17-year-old captain. Yeah, what, what a shot. He seemed very excited about uh, playing in Canada, playing for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, you know, really well-spoken, articulate. You, know, you don't get that a lot from um, from 18-year-olds. So uh, you love the enthusiasm. Uh, you like the type of player that he is. And you, know, you like that he's a leader. Again, uh, well-educated, I think, is a bonus. We've seen how that's worked out uh, for Adam Lowry and and Josh Morrissey, and I think Cole Perfetti was on his way to a Calder Trophy season, at least being nominated or a finalist if he didn't get hurt. So uh, I think the Jets, you know, while we're in a bit of a, I think, transition period for the Jets right now, but, you know, looking forward, you know, two, three, four, five years, uh, this is a guy who I think could be a real fit here and uh, become a fan favorite. Well, and, and you know what, I, I like what you had said a little earlier. Um you know, I think there's a lot of, I mean, just, you know, looking ahead to the future and thinking about, you know, Chaz Lucius and Brad Lambert, Rucker McGrory, and now Colby Barlow. I mean, these young men that the Jets have played, I mean, I think that they, they are very different players, um, but certainly bring different things. And I think the compatibility together um, could be great. The other thing about Barlow, in the under 18, I think he scored two shorthanded goals in one game. Um, he is completely capable of playing both special teams. Um, you know, he did a ton of goal scoring, you know, with the 46 and uh, in her 46 and 59, um, but was also a mainstay on the penalty kill. Pretty much did everything and, you know, has a motor and a competitiveness. Uh, and as I said, we'll hear from Craig Button a little later on, but absolutely never any question what you're going to get out of him night in and night out. And that is a hundred percent. And that I think is music to uh, folks ears. Uh, let me hit the, why not question of the day right now for not autocorp over at Waverly and McGillivray hit us in the chat. First impressions of Colby Barlow um, and what you thought of the pick. Some of you may have dug into, you know, him as a player and seen some highlights. Um, but as jet fans, there's been so much talk about the identity of this team, the culture of this team, very interested in your feedback on uh, what 
sort of a young man the Winnipeg Jets selected right now and uh, how well he uh, will hopefully fit in into a team that, you know, really will look to be kind of a Jets 3.0 and move on uh, this era of the, um, you know, a number of guys that have done great things for the Winnipeg Jets, but come in and add a very different element to this club as the leadership group is turned over into next season and to years ahead. Um, All right. Well, listen, that was the young man that we selected. Let's hear from the man that did the picking. Kevin Sheveldayoff was um, quite pleased to say the least about uh, about Colby Barlow and um, as well spoke about a very quiet night on the draft floor when it came to trades, although there was a few calls when the Jets were getting close to picking. Here's what Kevin Sheveldayoff had to say when uh, he spoke with myself, Murata Tesh, Jamie Thomas on the draft floor right after pick 32 last night by the Vegas Golden Knights. How you feeling? Oh, good. Yeah, excited. He's, uh, you know, real happy to, to get a player that plays like that. The uh, type of game that he plays, I think, is a game that, uh, you know, really translates well to uh, to a hard-nosed team and a team that uh, can be successful in the playoffs. Kevin. captain in Owen Sound history, um, a lot of leadership quality. He sounded a little Rutger-esque we were talking. What, did, what drew you to him with that quality? Well, you know, again, I think you, you, when you sit down and talk to him, you do get that feeling that, you know, he's a pretty serious uh, uh, serious person. He was serious about a lot of things in his life, obviously. He's Scholastic Player of the Year. He uh, took great pride in that. Uh, you know, real, you know, a real just a hard-nosed, greasy type of player, too. So, uh, can score goals and, and uh, play, goes to the hard areas to score them, too. So, um, our guys are real excited. I know the future about when these guys make their impact, like the team could be different. Like, there's time. But it's got to feel good to have somebody who complements the skill sets of some of the other prospects that you have coming up, like a Perfetti or a Lucius or what have you. Yeah, definitely different types of players. There's no question about it. And, and uh, those are the, you know, that's the things that you need. You need a lot of different elements in the game to uh, to be successful. And um, you know, and, and you know, he, he's a he's a competitor and, and he wants to win. So you know, that's uh, that's a real important thing. I'm sure lots of kids, Chevy, say that they want they have a 200 foot game, but it sure looks like this kid does, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He plays the game the right way plays it hard plays it honest and and uh, and can do the skill things too it's not like um, you know he's a player that you know just you know has one dimension he's got lots of lots of different layers to his game it's safe to say very talented player with 46 goals but as we just talked to him, I mean that the energy that he brought uh, how much was character uh, a part of uh, the decision-making process to, to have him as number one well you know again I, I think he wears he wears things on his sleeve you know like that's he is what he is there's there's no no second guessing what you're gonna see every night uh, you know from a player like him it, it, it's obvious that you know the, the what the character that he brings from speaking with him but as a player what are his uh, what are his strengths well, he can really shoot the puck. Um, you know, again, he goes to the to the gritty areas, plays uh, plays a hard game. Um, you know, you know, obviously he's a uh, you know he's a competitor. So you know, if he checks off lots of different boxes, skill component, compete component, um, you know, hard component, um, you know, do the little things. Uh, and he's a leader. You know, again, as you mentioned, the youngest captain in uh, in Owen Sound's uh, you know history. Th- those are all you know don't just happen. Like they're that that's uh, that's the true testament of the player. We saw a clip of you on uh, Sportsnet afterwards with a pretty big smile on your face. Uh, how fast did you guys want to run to the podium and what was the uh, vibe amongst the scouting staff when you knew that he would be available? 
Well, you know, there was uh, obviously, uh, you know, for us, um, you know, we, we've got our own internal rankings and where guys are at. So, you know, there was uh, things were kind of narrowing in and, and uh, we were hopeful. We didn't know for sure that, um, you know, he was going to be, you know, right there for us. But, um, you know, again, we're um, we're fortunate, I think, to get a player, you know, like him that that will really, I think, make the Winnipeg Jets uh, fans really proud when they uh, get a chance to watch him. Hey, hey, one other one, uh, I, in case I missed, I don't think there was a trade in the entire first round. Uh, was was it quiet as far as talking to other GMs? Uh, how strange of a night was it, considering that there wasn't any? You know, it got uh, it got to be a little bit of a flurry of activity of phone calls right around our pick. And uh, that almost made us, you know, solidify the fact that we were picking even more. Um, you know, again, it's it's an interesting, interesting dynamic. You know, sometimes there's things like this happen where there is no movement, and um, you know, it, it's a. Everyone talked about what a, you know, I guess what a good draft it was, and you know, I think if your player was there, you know, you, you had to strike. Uh, just quickly, yo, what happens now before tomorrow, and what's the outlook for you and your staff going into day two? Well, you know, you, you go back, you take a look at the list, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, reassess where some things are. Our list is pretty tight right now, like as far as, um, you know, as far as where it goes, uh, you know, from a number standpoint, it's, it's pretty tight. You never can predict where, you know, obviously the Russian factor was, uh, was something that was going to be very interesting to watch and see. And, um, you know, that impacts uh, certainly things in the first round. You know, as the rounds progress here now, it, uh, things will start to spread out. And, and um, you know, you just uh, be ready for, uh, you know, for those things. Thanks, Kevin. See you tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And, uh, I appreciate the comments. Yes, Scardy, Big J Hustler. Hold my beer, Murat. Well, Murat obviously had some great stuff. Let him and uh, Jamie go. But, uh, you know, without, you know, Jeff or Mike or Scott, a lot of the guys that we do rely on for some great questions, uh, had to step up in the situation, Remo. And uh, honestly, it was a great time to talk to Kevin Sheveldayoff. I mean, listen, I think we all know Chevy at times when um, maybe things aren't going as well or as positive. I mean, he might dance around. This was a very, very happy general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. And frankly, you should be when uh, you make your first round selection in a draft that's stocked with talent like this. Yeah, I think the draft is always an exciting time. As I said before, you know, a lot of players and their families uh, realizing a dream. But I think the GMs, you know, get... I don't want to say pleasure, but, you know, he, knowing what you're adding to your organization, uh, you saw the excitement on Kevin Sheffield's face. And there's so much, you know, um, negativity or uncertainty about the Winnipeg Jets currently, um, you know, that maybe would take a smile off your face, like having to be forced into trades or, you know, other stuff and make changes. However, you know, when you think about the future and adding, uh, you know, a player like that, you could see how excited he was. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? I mean, I think this has been a big week for Chevy. Um, you know, obviously, Hellebuck and Shifley situations are still out there. Um, but the reaction, I think, from the majority of Jet fans, certainly here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, has been positive for the Kings trade. Mm -hmm. And this pick, and again, you know, we'll see what happens in two and three years. But there's a lot of people that love what this young man brings to the table. Obviously, the Jets and their scouting department does. And uh, it was, uh, it, it's been a good night. And, and we have seen. A few people in chat admitting that they are now born again yeah. Chevy fans, which was the which was the funniest statement I think we've heard um, from them. Some someone again, give us your thoughts in the chat on the why not question of the day. Your thoughts on uh, on the pick so far. Now, Ken is going to join us in about uh, seven minutes or so. Um, but before that, we're going to hear the uh, other pick from today, third rounder Zach Nering. Uh, although 
we'll get to the rest of the picks with Ken uh, with Ken Weeb, uh, and Ken's been doing a great job of following the Manitobans. One other, because, you know, Colby Barlow had such a positive, positive attitude and uh, infectious energy. The other guy that I think you know we are huge fans of here at Winnipeg Sports Talk was Zach Benson of the Winnipeg Ice. And Benson, you know, like a few folks, fell. I mean, he was certainly ranked higher than 13th on a number. In fact, I would say majority of scouting rankings. Um but, man, did he fall to a nice spot. The Buffalo Sabres, he's going to be playing with his teammate, Matt Savoy, who was a first-rounder by the Sabres last year. And, of course, when Zach came into Winnipeg as a 15-year-old rookie, who was the captain? Peyton Krebs, also now a member of the Buffalo Sabres. So the Ice Gang getting ready is getting together in upstate New York. And um, I didn't, we didn't record this one, but I did bump into Zach before he was doing an interview and had a nice chat with him. We'll look to get him on the show in the next couple of weeks. Um, he was, well, he was his usual self. I mean, incredibly bright, fun, energetic, and, uh, an incredibly excited young man. So special congratulations to, uh, to Zach Benson and listen, Nate Danielson from the Wheat Kings. I don't think a lot of people had Danielson going ahead of Benson. He cracked the top 10 yesterday, Rumo, and went number nine to the Detroit Red Wings. And obviously, Stevie Y thought that uh, he had something in the Brandon Wheat Kings Center. So uh, pretty nice night for both the Manitoba products from the, well, not necessarily Manitoba products, but Manitoba team products in Zach Benson from the ice and Nate Danielson and Brandon. Yeah, there was, um, you know, we have to say the, I don't know, it was the viral moment of the first round of the draft, the moment everyone is talking about. It wasn't a pick. It was Carey Price going up to select oh. David Reinbacher at number five. Certainly a surprise, um, you know, the fifth, uh, you know, sorry, the defenseman going fifth overall, but Carey Price going up and forgetting his name and, <laughs> Tough scene. Tough and scene. owning up to it on Twitter. I mean, it looks easy, Huss, you know, just go up there uh, and make a pick and say a guy's name. Really not as easy as you think it would be. Carey Price, not a... I guess he's not as experienced of a public speaker. Maybe he'll get into that now that they, what they said, former Montreal Canadian when they in, introduced him, which seems weird, which seems very odd, but uh, that was... I, I thought it was a really nice touch and a cool mm -hmm. thing for the Habs to do. Mm -hmm. But I mean, all you need to do is say two words. He got the first one and then it was a complete blank and wasn't able to... Wasn't able to get back and remember what it was. Um, Should have had on a card. It probably used to be, here. Here's a card for the guys. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think. What do, you, what do you think? I can't remember the guy's name. What do you think I'm? A, I'm, I'm like, uh, but I guess well, you know. I, you get up there, you freeze. I mean, it was a packed. It was a packed crowd in Nashville. I'll say a lot of Blackhawks fans for sure. Oh yeah, there for Connor Bedard, and actually, you, there were a lot of Ducks fans too, hoping they would get Adam Fantilli. As you tweeted out a picture of a guy in a Ducks oh. Fantilli jersey. But they did select Leo Carlson, number two. Epic fail. That blew me away. And, and you know, I guess we'll talk to Craig Leron. He wasn't as surprised. But, I mean, when every single mock I saw had Adam Fantilli as number two, you sort of expect that guy to go number two. And I wish I'd had the stones to do a little sprinkle on Leo Carlson as the second overall pick over on Cool Bet because that would have been very, very lucrative. But, all right. Weber's coming up in just a second. Um, but let's uh, get to uh, the Jets' third-round selection today. Zach Nering, um, very shortly after he was picked by the Winnipeg Jets, got a chance to meet the uh, Jets' third-rounder, Shattuck St. Mary's product, Zach Nering. He's what he had to say shortly after he heard his name called at the NHL draft. <laughs>
airing from uh, Shattuck St. Mary. Zach, congratulations. What Thank was you. it like to hear your name uh, called at the draft and uh, become a Winnipeg Jet? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been unreal uh, the last couple of days. And uh, my grandparents are right up there. They're diehard Jets fans. So, I mean, they started crying on me, but it, it's been unbelievable. And I'm sure they're pumped as, as much as I am. Uh, I mean, you are from south of the border, but not too far away. Uh, Minot, North Dakota native. Tell, about your, tell us about your roots. Yeah, um, I mean, growing up in, in Minot, um, it was great. Played a lot of hockey down there with my youth youth program and uh, made my way up to, to Winnipeg a lot for summer hockey. So I've been up there ever since I was eight. So it's good to be back. <laughs> Interesting. So lots of Winnipeg connections. And uh, I understand in your minor hockey days actually uh, played with some Winnipeg teams on uh, some pretty big tourneys. Yeah, um, I mean, Winnipeg Junior Jets down at the Brick, um, 2K5 Warrior team, uh, so many so many groups that I mean, they, they got me where I am today, and I'm super grateful and thankful for them. Might be having a few 204 texts coming in from uh, some old pals after the news today. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I don't got my phone on me, but I'm sure it's blown up with a lot of love and support from, from all the guys who have got me here, and um, it'll be nice to talk to them after. Uh, uh, tell us, uh, Winnipeg Jet fans, about uh, the type of play you are, or player you are and uh, what you bring to the organization. Yeah, um, I'm a big two-way power forward with skill. Um, I love to play physical. I think that's the biggest part of my game. I love getting up in people's grill, and um, I'm, I'm a winner, and, and that's what I want to do. So I'm, I'm hoping to bring that up to Winnipeg and, in a couple of years, and I, I'm just excited to be here. What was the draft process like for you? Yeah, I mean, this whole year has been, been a lot, a lot of interviews. The combine was unreal a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, just being up here, a lot of my old teammates, getting to see them again, family. It's, it's great to have everyone up here at the same place. So. Did you uh, did you speak uh, with the Winnipeg Jets quite a bit? And uh, did you have any inkling that uh, it might be uh, the team from uh, just north of where you're from calling your name? Yeah, I met with them at the Combine, and it went great. Uh, great talks with them. And, uh, and they knew a lot of the people I knew, so it worked out. And I heard they were pretty fired up about my talk with them at the Combine. And uh, I had a feeling that I was going to go to them, and it worked out. So I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, tell us about uh, last season uh, playing with Shattuck St. Mary's, a pretty uh, reputable school that's uh, cranked out some pretty good players in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's unreal. Coach Ward down there, Coach Mitra, there, there's so many guys. And, uh, the competition down there is unreal, getting to play with my best friends every single day. and We're competing, pushing, and we are fortunate enough to win the national championship this year. And uh, Couldn't have done it without without my teammates around me, and, and that's the reason why I'm here today is because of them. I uh, understand uh, you're going the NCAA route. Uh, tell us about your future plans uh, outside of uh, development camp next week in the peg. Yeah, so going down to Sioux Falls Stampede next year. Um, Got a good group of guys. I think we'll have a decent team and going to get ready to work every day. And after that, uh, plans are Western Michigan right now. Um, great group of guys. Coach Coach Fischler came down today. Um, so it was great seeing him again. And uh, I mean, I'm pumped for the future. A lot of hard work still, but it's exciting. Well, it's great to meet you uh, just quickly on the way out. Uh, you have a message for Winnipeg Jet fans on how excited you are to be part of the team and uh, what uh, you'll be bringing to the team and the city. Yeah, um, I'm bringing passion and I'm, I'm pumped to be in the city again. It's been a while, so it'll be good to be back. Zach, congratulations. Uh, enjoy a very special day, and uh, all the best going forward. We'll see you in Winnipeg. Thank you. All right, so there's Zach Nearing, our first chance to uh, talk to Zach. And i uh, got to tell you, he was, uh, I mean, I think it goes without saying everyone's excited. People are asking how tall this guy is and how tall I am comparing my feet because <laughs> I guess I was standing next to these guys. I am taller than 5'9". I think I'm for sure 5'10". Originally on a good day was 5'10 and a half. I just checked my driver's license to see what the official official is. 180 centimeters. 
So you can do the math. I don't think he's six seven, but he was he was pretty tall and plays uh, plays a little greasy. All right, listen. Uh, do want to thank our uh, friends over at Vita Health Fresh Market for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Of course, Vita Health has great prices on the uh, best in natural supplements and groceries. And, of course, uh, the best selection of local products, too. And, uh, hey, with barbecue season here, the long weekend coming up, pop on over to Vita Health Fresh Market and get some great, delicious grass-fed bison steaks and beef steaks and some great products from uh, many of their suppliers that uh, can help men's gastrointestinal issues if uh, maybe you eat too much on the weekend from the queue. Vita Health Fresh Market, seven Winnipeg locations, and you can check them out online at myvita.ca for more and of course local delivery options as well got to thank our friends over at wallace and wallace the experts in fencing and overhead doors if uh, your property needs the uh, a new fence wallace and wallace has been doing it since 1946 as the industry leader with pretty much every kind of fence you could possibly need and if you're looking for a new overhead door Talk to Wallace and Wallace because they, as the Clopay dealer in Manitoba, have Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead doors, something perfect for your home. Uh, all you need to do, give them a call, 452-2700. Wallace and Wallace can come out and give you a free estimate. You can also find out more online at wallacefences.com, wallacedoors.com, or pop down and see them at their showroom over on Lawson Road. And fellas, how's the closet looking? Of course, summer's here. Wedding season is here. A big fall coming up. If you need to up your menswear game, get on down. See Andrew, Alex, and the gang at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street downtown. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks. Chinos, golf pants, um, great shirt styles. Uh, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and so much more. If you're in a wedding party, get the fellas down there. You get a 15% discount when the wedding party gets their suits from at F. F Apparel, you can make an appointment or find out more online at F. That's ephapparel.com or pop down and see them at 190 Smith Street. And just before we bring in Kenny, it's hot here. It's going to be hot back at home. Tell you what, it's a good time to head down to Nick and Nicky DQ for one of their great new summer blizzard flavors. Pop down and see them the DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and the always busy DQ out in Niverville. And, uh, hey, if you're having a Canada Day party or something, head on down to one of them and pick up a DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake. If you do want something custom made for an event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll custom make it for you with whatever you want to put on it for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. All right, let's get to uh, Kenny Weave, who's been doing a great job. In fact, keeping us apprised. There's been a lot going on over on the draft floor. Hard to keep track of the day two picks. Ken's been all over it with a great running thread on both Manitoban selected and what the Winnipeg Jets have done. And Kenny joins us now. Weber, what's up? How are you? Ken, can you hear us uh, okay? Before. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Sorry. I uh, I was listening to Mark Hillier there. Sorry about that. Just trying to, oh, trying to stay up to date with the... Uh, with what the director of uh, amateur scouting was having to say, Huss, I didn't quite get through uh, everything totally, but uh, 
yeah, interesting time, interesting day. Um, Jets go with three forwards and a, a well-known netminder who had been passed over previously, but uh, all he does is win, win, win as a, a certain song goes. So uh, if the Jets can get anything close to what they got to in one of their fifth round picks uh, between the pipes, they'll be pretty thrilled uh, with Thomas Millich. But uh, yeah, interesting day overall. I know you were just uh, speaking with Zach Nearing there. Uh, obviously a, a guy with, Mark Hillier said, having power forward tendencies uh, was the phrase he just used in meeting the media here, Huss. So uh, 6'3 guy, and as you saw, or maybe maybe even be taller than 6'3, but uh, listed, I think, at 179. Going to have to fill into that frame, but uh, maybe a little bit of a project, but a guy with the ceiling there, right? And also a guy that's... Uh, uh, as he mentioned to you, rugged and very difficult to play against. And then they add some skill uh, with Connor uh, Levy or Levi. I'm not 100% sure on the on the uh, pronunciation well, guide there. If quite. You can, if you can, because, I mean, to be honest, we talked about Barlow. We just played Nairing. Um, yeah. These picks coming in. We haven't even gotten to what the Jets picked in the fifth round. I know you've been doing a great Oh, sorry. Run. Okay. Fill us in because I wanted to get to Thomas Millich. Um, you know, we saw a lot of him in the playoffs. Uh, Team Canada, interestingly, passed up last year. It seems sometimes there's great de- uh, goalie talent late. Of course, Divincentis was a seventh rounder, and now he gets picked in the fifth round. Maybe just quickly touch on him as well as the other picks that happened fifth round and afterwards for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, you bet, Huss. They went with a center from the London Knights, uh, Jacob Julian, uh, with that first of the two fifth round picks. He is six foot four frame. I, I think uh, you know a lot of you know positive thoughts on him from colleague Jason Bukla from Sportsnet, who was uh, working uh, on the NHL Network Today panel with our, our pal Sammy Cosentino. Uh, thought he's a guy who you know is a role player right now, and you know it's a matter of will that offense come with when he's been giving more more opportunity here, mm-hmm. probably next year with the very good London Knights program, but uh, big forward with uh, with some skill uh, upside there, depending on how uh, his development goes. And uh, then they got a Kamloops Blazers right winger after Milich in that seventh round, Connor Levy, I believe it is L E V I S, uh, right winger played in the Memorial Cup this year. Uh, with the Kamloops Blazers and, you know, teammate of Logan Stankoven. I don't think they would have played together a whole lot this year, but this guy, I think, uh, pretty good production, you know, 20-plus goal, 24 goals, I believe, in the Western Hockey League this year. So uh, don't pretend to know a whole lot about them. The only guy that I've watched is Milic, and what we know about Milic is that he has a gold medal around his neck and uh, also... Uh, some folks, including yourself, would have seen him up close and personal against the Winnipeg Ice in that Western Hockey League Championship final where he was the Western Hockey League playoff MVP. So uh, a guy coming in with uh, excellent pedigree for an organization that is uh, looking to expand the netminding pool here uh, after adding Dom DiVicentis last year in that seventh round. So uh, interesting times for the Jets. We know there could be some changes between the pipes uh, at the NHL level uh, at some point this season. Uh, but right now, for the future, they have stockpiled another goaltender. I mean, obviously, the uh, you know the the scouting knock on Milic is that he's a little bit undersized. But uh, again, this is a guy who stopped a lot of pucks, and yeah, yes, the levels the uh, at the levels he has played so far, he has been dominant. So uh, we'll see if he can carry that over into his professional career. But definitely a guy worth taking a flyer on, and Hus. You, you were there in Nashville, and what were you hearing? I mean, the pandemic seasons impacted a lot of people in those draft years, so the development path may be a little bit different than most. 
uh, other times. So this is a guy who, you know, again, like we said, he has a winning pedigree, uh, incredibly hard worker, high character person. And, you know, I think it was definitely worth a, a fifth round gamble on him. And yeah, I mean, like we mentioned with Naring, a guy going to play a year in the USHL with the Sioux Falls Stampede and then go to Western Michigan University of the NCAA. I mean, this is a guy who uh, was also part of a winning pedigree at Shattuck St. Mary's, an incredible program uh, just across the border. And, you know, seemed like he was uh, fairly fired up and a uh, nice little nugget there as a, uh, you know, as, as, Pasa, as someone who has uh, friends who had a son who played in the Brick tournament uh, that lives just down the road from me, uh, pretty funny nugget that uh, Zach Naring played for the Winnipeg Junior Jets at the Brick tournament as uh, a 10-year-old uh, back in 2014-15. So uh, interesting little nugget on that aside. No doubt about it. You know, and uh, as, uh, as our uh, pal Ishaboy Bruce mentions in chat, so don't forget Connor Hellebuck was a fifth rounder as well. I mean, when speaking about goalies, can that is the fifth rounder I was talking about, Bruce. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right. I mean, the exact goaltending is a far from exact science when these players are that young. I, I would say this about Milich, and I mean, just as far as people looking ahead, I mean, when you have that extra year, and you have a year like Milich had, um. You know, maybe a little bit more clearly a guy that can at least compete for a spot and has a good future as a professional. Um, and the Winnipeg Jets have a couple of good ones because we all know that Dom DiVincentis may have been a seventh rounder but had an absolutely monster season as the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League this year, Weaver. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I mean... Uh, it's interesting times. I mean, I, I think that because of the age, Milich is a guy who did turn 20, I believe, in April. So, you know, could he go back as an overage? Technically, yes. I would imagine he will go to the Manitoba Moose here, uh, you know, after attending a training camp here with the Jets in the fall. But uh, they would have that option. But, you know, Seattle also had another goaltender uh, drafted here today as well and a guy who's been in the team, Hockey Canada program. So uh, I would expect the Jets want to see him at the pro level. Uh, similar to when J.C. Lapon, I think, was chosen as a twenty-year-old or a twenty-year-old player in their draft uh, draft year as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's when you get late in the draft house, the Jets didn't have a ton of picks, right? So they had five picks in total. You know, two in the fifth, uh, one in the seventh, one in the third. After Colby Barlow went in the first round yesterday, uh, those are lottery tickets. And you know, can you would can you you know other teams we saw taking six foot six, two hundred thirty five pound defensemen who didn't have any offense. Uh, other teams pick uh, you know players at a lower level or a junior level that are uh, undersized and highly skilled. I mean, the Jets uh, added definitely some size, and they added to their forward prospect pool, and they added a netminder. Uh, who has done nothing but win? So for me, I mean, it's a uh, it you know, it's hard. We'll see we'll see the seeds uh, planting in you know two to three years for most of these players, maybe a little bit longer for some. But uh, I would say Kevin Chevaldeoff is and Mark Kelly are feeling pretty good about uh, what they were able to add to the organizational depth charts uh, over the last two days in Nashville. But as we know, every single team is feeling good about their. Uh, getting players off their list right now but you know as an outside observer when it comes to these players I don't pretend to have a lot of insight on them because I haven't watched a lot of them with my own eyes but uh, you know seem like the Jets have done a pretty good job here in the last couple days and you know there's a lot of work left to be done when it comes to the NHL roster but right now uh, you know I think that the Jets would be feeling pretty good about themselves and us I know uh, you know you were there talking to him in person I mean 
Colby Barlow being available at 18 uh, is an absolute, has the potential to be a home run. Uh, I spoke with Dale DeGray, the general manager of the Own Sound Attack uh, and former NHLer last night, and he you know, was absolutely raving about him. And yes, I get it. The guy who's in your own organization, you're going to be raving about him. But uh, this is a guy who knows a thing or two about what it takes to get to the NHL. Uh, he shared very openly that, you know, originally he was not on board uh, with adding, heaping a bunch of pressure on the on the young man in his draft year and in naming him the 17-year-old youngest captain in franchise history. But after some discussions with Barlow and a couple of other people, he felt, you know, the coaches convinced him that it was the right call. And he was absolutely thrilled uh, in making that call and seeing how Barlow handled the responsibility of being a 17-year-old captain in a league that includes a lot of 18, 19, and 20-year-old players. So, uh, oh, and by the way, he's also an absolute snipe show uh, in terms of his goal-scoring ability. And he's not just a one-trick pony huss. He's a guy who goes to the hard areas, can play a physical game, and is responsible defensively, uh, you know, used in a more of a checking line role with Hockey Canada when he was one of the best penalty killers, according to DeGray. So uh, I think that that was a massive uh, you know, turn of events in round one. And hey, like I said earlier, a lot of people are saying, yeah, we got a guy who is way higher on our list. Uh, this isn't just a bunch of mock drafts made by people who aren't following the game. Like people who follow the game closely uh, believe the Jets got an absolute steal in Colby Barlow. And, you know, future captain material was the term, uh, you know, Jason Buchla, my colleague at Sportsnet used. And, you know, that's something we also heard about Rutger McGroarty last year. And I mean, that's, that's a big, big thing for an organization uh, that wants people to be hanging around for the long term here. And I think uh, we've been talking about them kind of getting back to their roots here as a draft and development franchise. And, you know, these are guys are going to try to build around here moving forward. Ken Weeb of uh, Sportsnet.ca and, of course, Kenny and Rennie with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk at the NHL Draft in Nashville, presented by Coolbet. Weber, I want to get back to big-picture Jet stuff in a second, but before yep. we move on, I mentioned that you know I had a great chat with Zach Benson, who was uh, incredibly excited to be joining Matt Savoy and Peyton Krebs yeah. and the Buffalo Sabres organization. Um Parson Gunnarsson was the first Manitoban selected, and I knew you had a great running thread of the Manitobans. You want to just give us a quick little uh, update on uh, Manitoba products that heard their names called today? Yeah, it wasn't a huge uh, day for Manitoba. I think three in total. Uh, Jaden Perron going uh, to join Seth Jarvis uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. And why am I blanking? A defenseman from the Portland Winterhawks, uh, Carson Southern, I believe, is the other defenseman that went. And uh, also special shout out there to the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, uh, being an alum myself. Uh, Warren Clark, a defenseman from the Steinbach Pistons, was also taken by the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in the sixth round, Huss. So, I mean, that's a big nice. development for a program that has been pretty dominant uh, uh, over the last number of years uh, in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, Paul Dick uh, running a great program over there. Um, and as I mentioned, that was Kars Carter Southern. Sorry about that. Uh, Carter Southern from Sanford, Manitoba. Uh, great. Uh, played against a lot of folks from Sanford growing up uh, in Altona, Huss. Uh, the Hogs and the Magarels. Uh, they they were always very... Very run it, run good. It, Southern in the city, and then we get out and play Sanford or Domain, and we seem to just get our yeah, lunch man. all the time. 
Yeah, so he's a big, uh, big boy on the back end. Uh, 6'3", 197 uh, for Portland this year. Four goals, 23 points, 54 pims uh, on a very, very good hockey team there. And uh, he will join... Uh, he will join the flyer, uh, join fellow Manitoban uh, Carson Bjarnson, Bjarnison uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Uh, you know, I'm not sure we're going to put him in the uh, fu- future Ron Hextall category yet, Hus. But uh, I mean, hey, there's uh, you know there's a great opportunity it, there. It was interesting seeing uh, Bjarnison being uh, being picked early today mm-hmm. to Philly, and even with Keith Jones there and a new general manager there. There's always been some pretty strong ties with Philly yeah. and the province of Manitoba. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, you know, Reggie Leach, Bobby Clark days. I mean, it's sort of trickled down. I, you know, I wasn't just joking with Hextall. I mean, uh, Ron obviously ran the organization for a while as well after being, uh, you know, an excellent uh, goaltender for a very long time. So uh, not a surprise that uh, Philadelphia went that way. But, uh, you know, again, some, some people... Uh, just f- seem to find players in regions where they are scouted heavily. And, you know, there's influence obviously by some people in the organization, but uh, you know, these are very good players. These guys had great years, uh, you know, heard a lot of great things about Bjarnason, uh in terms of his year. Some people even thought there could be a possibility he went in the first round, but I mean, ultimately Hassa, you hear it all the time. I mean, great to be great to have the prestige as a first rounder, but uh, you know, right now, doesn't really matter where you're chosen. It's what you do after you've been drafted here. Obviously, the work up to the draft is incredibly important. And uh, that's not to take anything away from anyone who was chosen in the first round because there's a lot of talented guys who fall under that category. But uh, right now, even we, there's a, you know, several Manitobans that were on some lists and, you know, that doesn't mean they can't make it to the NHL at some point, whether that means, uh, you know, spend an extra year in junior or, you know, extra year in college or wherever they are. I mean, you're still, you can get signed, you can work your way up, you can have a great career in Europe, all these things, but, uh, you know, great day for Manitobans as a whole, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, uh, and, you know, I think for the Winnipeg Jets here as well. Uh, Ken, let's, uh, I mean, obviously today's a big day for the draftees. We wanted to get into that and, you know, congratulate the Manitobans and talk about the Jets picks. Yeah. But now we move on to one day that it's free agency right now. But it's wild. We talk about free agency. I know the schedule is is incredible. I just today in the in a couple hours before we did the show, um, talked to uh, Drager, Pierre LeBrun, um, Dave Pagnotta. None of them had said that they were hearing very much, not just about the Jets, but basically trade wins at all. Um, well, why do you think that is? Um, this listen, I understand that teams wanted to make their picks, but I think there was an expectation that uh, we might see a little bit more player movement. Uh, and man, the players that did move often moved for nothing. What do you make of the market right now, Cam? Yeah, Hus, I mean, it's always surprising. And I mean, we're we as the royal we in the media are sometimes guilty of maybe trying to will more trades to happen, Hus. I, I do think that one of the things that we found out over the course of the weekend, uh, after hearing of about how great this draft class was, Hus, uh, I don't think that that was hyperbole this time. I think it you almost every year you hear how great a, a, a draft class is. And this year, the fact that zero picks were moved on day one on Friday, or sorry, not Friday, I'm used to it being Friday. It was on Wednesday. 
leads us to believe that it's actually factual that uh, players players were highly valued by their team respective teams that chose them uh, and there wasn't any and it wasn't any back and forth i mean that's the other thing people trying to add picks to i mean kevin Sheveldayoff referenced this uh, to you Huss, yesterday i mean once they saw that Colby Barlow was still on the board as they got to, you know, two, you know, three, two, one picks ahead of them. Now they started getting calls because there are other teams that probably had Barlow on their own list super high and wanted to maybe see if they could convince the Jets to take something else to be able to move up. And um, that sort of just reinforced the Jets beliefs. But in terms of the overall marketplace, two, two issues, um, not a lot of money available for most teams, especially contending teams. And two teams really valued these 2023 first round selections. And Huss, when you're looking at the high high priced or high, you know, big ticket items that the Jets are trying to move, uh, you can be sure they were hoping to add a second first round draft pick if they had to move one of Mark Shifley or Connor Hellebuck. And when that, you know, when that became impossible, uh, then all of a sudden there's a little bit more patience involved. And and then it goes back to what Kevin Cheveldayoff uh, was saying in the afternoon to the assembled media in Nashville, including yourself, uh, was, by the way, NHL, we're not just going to be handing you a top-line center who had 42 goals after six consecutive seasons of point-per-game production or an elite and Vesna-caliber netminder for your scraps, um, I think that was a pretty, that was a pretty uh, you know his message was a little uh, more subtle hus than what I, how I stated it. But make no mistake, that was a if you don't improve your offers, these players will not be moved, and we're more than happy with starting the season with them, which is exactly what Kevin Cheveldayoff told you when you asked him directly. That is uh, that that is the case, and I mean. I think they have to be prepared to do that. Um, I think the one thing that we've learned from the entire Pierre-Luc Dubois saga is that I mean, Kevin Shevoldayev was referred to, or maybe it was me referring it to folks, as a bit of an escape artist. Um, you know, he's been kind of, sure. you know, put into a corner at times, uh, you know, and has come out looking pretty good. And certainly the consensus, obviously not everyone agreed, but that the Winnipeg Jets made out very, very well. We've actually got a great interview with Daryl Evans on the return great. from the Kings coming up a little later on in the program for folks that want a little bit more on the PLD trade aftermath. But I think it's incredibly important for Cheveldayoff to stick to his guns. I think he did that in the Pierre-Luc Dubois saga. And they came out looking pretty good with some pretty significant pieces that can help this team, albeit in a different way than that one player will be. Um, but when it comes to Hellebuck, and when it comes to Shifley, uh, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets just cannot be in the business of trading players for 50 cents on the dollar. And sure, is Shifley's value maybe not what it was a year or two ago with more term on his contract at what he was paying? Sure. But he still had 42 goals last year. And he's still coming off previous to that six straight point of game seasons. That has value right now. And um, that is not just going to be given away like many people, many players were never mind given away, given away and having teams maintain salary like Ryan Johansson was coming out of Nashville going to the abs. Yeah, no doubt, Huss. And I mean, yeah, it's important here. I mean, and oh, let's not forget one of the teams linked to Connor Hellebuck is the New Jersey Devils, and they just signed Timo Meyer at $8.8 million. And the thing about the Devils is now their plan has been accelerated. Uh, they still have some cap space. Yes, they do have a couple RFAs that they still need to get signed. 
and they're worried about the big picture in the long term. But getting Meyer done at 8.8 was priority number one for Tom Fitzgerald after he acquired Tyler Toffoli. Now he'd like to get Toffoli on an extension possibly as well, but they're still going to look at the goaltending position outside of moving Mackenzie Blackwood to San Jose, even though they weren't going to keep him around. Uh, could they be comfortable with Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid going into next year? It's certainly possible, but if you want to, you know, you know, let's just say, I wouldn't even say backfill. If you want to solidify the position, Connor Hellebuck is available. I mean, does Tom Fitzgerald change or shift gears to someone like John Gibson, knowing that he is under contract for four years at a lower number than Hellebuck would be expected to sign? That's possible also, but the price tag is going to be high for Gibson or Hellebuck. Uh, extension or no extension for Hellebuck. But that 6.17 number is going to be appealing to any team that is trying to win now. And then you'll see they'll find a way to move the money around. See Kelly McCrimmon and the Vegas Golden Knights. There's no possible way they wanted to move original misfit Riley Smith. But as someone who is in his early 30s and makes the exact same money that they paid one of the premier pending unrestricted free agents, Ivan Barbashev. They get a younger player at the same number for five seasons to play along Jack with Jack Eichel instead of having two more seasons of Riley Smith, even though he's given an incredible amount to the organization. Tough decisions get made, and New Jersey's going to have to make some tough decisions down the road. Do they roll the dice and go with the goaltenders they have? It's entirely possible, but... Uh, Tom Fitzgerald has been a pretty aggressive general manager. I think he's going to make a better offer uh, at some point here in the next couple of days or, you know, at any point leading up to the NHL trade deadline. And as I've said numerous times, us, I think this whole the goalie market is saturated. Teams are just saying, uh, you know, I'll wait for somebody else. I don't buy that for one second. Uh, yes, some, you know, sometimes teams can go on a run with goalie. You know, Aiden Hill has been a guy... People are just saying, oh, Aiden Hill came uh, came out of the bullpen and won the Stanley Cup. Well, he did that on the most structured team. But Aiden Hill has had great underlying numbers for years. Played on bad teams in Arizona and San Jose. So uh, it's not just a matter of you pulled a fourth stringer out of the woodwork and this guy just stood there. The guy was, he, he had a better numbers than Sergei Bobrovsky in these playoffs. And he's also going to be getting paid shortly, even if it's on a shorter term deal. So all to say, I think there are some good goaltenders available, whether it's in free agency or trade. But if you're an NHL team, you move the money to try to get Connor Hellebuck because this is the kind of goalie that can put a team over the top. So for me, uh, I still still think that there will be offers coming. Now, what I'm super curious about, Haas, leading into Saturday, um, yeah, could the Jets try to make one more run at signing Connor Hellbuck to an extension? Of course that's possible. Uh, are they willing to go 9 or $10 million on a deal that's five years or longer? Well, we'll see about that. Um, but it's a possibility. Now, if it's not a possibility, then the Jets are going to have to strengthen their position by attacking in free agency, whether that's Jonas Corposalo or somebody else unless they're going to identify you know, the Boston Bruins as a team where they could either get Jeremy Swayman or Linus Allmark, potentially in a Mark Shifley deal. Now, that's why there's so many balls in the air here. We're not sure about the direction, but what we're sure of is that no offer has been made that would even make the Jets blink in this staring contest 
when it comes to either Connor Hellebuck or Mark Shifley, but both are valuable commodities and those offers are either going to increase or the staring contest will continue. Whether that continues into the season or not, now that remains to be seen. Um, Ken, with Shife, I mean, as we just said, like, listen, they do not want to give him up for pennies on the dollar. He is an expiring free agent. Who Who's more likely to spend more time with the Jets next year? It, 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 let's just say that these trades don't, aren't completed, and I think there's a possibility that they aren't before the start of the season. And is there any possibility that those players would just simply play through the year and be uh, UFAs at the end of the year without anything coming back in, in your mind? Yeah, Huss, it's super interesting. And I've raised this on a few platforms in the last couple of days. Now, I don't think that they'll finish the year, but what I would say in argument to the asset management crowd is that Mark Shifley was an original draft pick, which means he has been in the organization for for the past 12 years and about to be in the 13th. He's provided more than 10 years of service and an incredibly highly productive manner. Uh, would the Jets be comfortable having Shifley back and then potentially having a John Tavares or Johnny Gaudreau situation? I don't think that would be their first choice, but you know, if, if the offers are poor, um, even with the strong quality of return the Jets got from the LA Kings, um, they would be better off having Mark Shifley in a number one center position than not having Mark Shifley or a, or a reasonable facsimile available to them. Now, when it comes to Hellebuck, the situation is even muddier because I don't, you know, we both don't think that David Riddick will be back as the backup. So with without Hellebuck, the Jets are going to have to go out and get a number two anyway. Um, but having to get a number one and a number two in the same offseason, either in free agency or trade, is a very large hole to try and to fill when there are no internal candidates uh, immediately in the pipeline. And sorry, when it comes to Milic, uh, I just went through the uh, transcription here. Hillier said that he will report directly to the professional level, so he's expected to be with the Manitoba Moose. But uh, Milic is not ready to become an NHL goaltender. He will still need seasoning at the minor league level. So uh, it's a long-winded way of saying this. I, I have no idea. I, I I can't make a you know educated prediction uh, because it's hard to value what position is harder to replace and what is easier to fill. Now those things aren't mutually exclusive here. Uh, they're both difficult on both levels. So uh, what it could could Hellebuck last longer? I would say yes, just because. Um, you know, because of the nature of the position. And, you know, I think it would be tougher because they're going to have to fill two goalies rather than now the Jets are back to only needing to fill one number one center job. Um, if, you know, since Dubois has been moved, uh, whereas before they were going to have to replace both. Now, yes, Kevin Sheveldayoff did say Cole Perfetti will be given an opportunity and Gabe Velarde said he's ready to play center if necessary. So, is it possible the Jets open with Gabe Velarde and Cole Perfetti as their top two centers? Shevoldayoff uh, kind of hinted at that could be a possibility, uh, but I don't know that that's their preference, Huss. So uh, a lot will depend on what happens with Vladislav Nemesnikov or, or whether the Jets can get involved in either uh, you know a, a trade of a high magnitude or you know make a big offer in free agency. But I wouldn't be comfortable, uh, you know, I, I don't want to throw down receipts just for the sake of saying I answered your question, but if I had to, I would say Hellebuck has the 
uh, more likelihood of staying on the roster longer, uh, but that could change on July 1st. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, Ken. I mean, I, I could almost see a possibility that if there isn't the market there and there isn't somebody yep. that's willing to pay Connor Hellebuck's number, I mean, maybe it's even a shorter-term extension that guarantees him Big you know, a year or two at, at the money that he's earning, gets him to a point where when he's signing a free agent deal or an extension, the cap is up um, and protects the Winnipeg Jets a little bit. I have yeah, to admit, though, I mean, just as far as Shifley goes, I mean, we've talked about this before. Can the guy play? Can the guy produce? Absolutely. I mean, I really think that, you know, the expected buyout of Blake Wheeler, it's not because he didn't produce at times last year. He had 55 points. They're paying big money to move on from that player. And I think Shifley and Wheeler are players that, you know, this organization wants to you know to move on from. It's It's a leadership question. It is a culture question. And I think about players like Colby Barlow, Rucker McGrory. Now, McGrory is going back to school, so he won't be in training camp. He wouldn't be around. Maybe that's something you can put off. But, um, you know, bringing in these young players, I mean, I, I would think that if I'm in that situation, knowing the way things have gone and knowing, um, you know, the direction of the organization, where they're looking to go, if you're bringing those young players into the Winnipeg Jets, you'd much rather them be in a dressing room without 26 and 55. Josh Morrissey with Adam Lowry being those leaders, some other guys stepping up and trying to really create that different culture. And then having those young players, when they do become Winnipeg Jets, being guys that add to a new culture, a better atmosphere around a team that hopefully creates a much better team dynamic than Winnipeg has had in the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's not a coincidence that the Jets have been drafting, you know, future captains to bolster the leadership, the next wave of leadership, Huss, for sure. Um, can Mark Shifley, in a, you know, in a year where he would be highly motivated to get that long-term big-ticket deal um, that he needs, would he, I wouldn't even use the word conform, but could he play hard for a long stretch of time? I think he could. If people uh, thought sure. he was selfish before, what's it going to be like where the only thing is about his next contract? Yeah, I mean that, that's fair, Huss. I just don't. I, I don't think that Shifley spent a ton of time being as selfish as some people think. Last year, he. I mean, yes, his coach chose to move him to the wing, but he admitted it was with his permission, essentially. So, uh, if he wanted to, you know, be totally selfish, he would have just told Rick Bonus, "I'm not going to play on the wing." Now, would Rick Bonus have benched him outright? That remains to be seen. Um, you know, I, I just don't. I don't think that Mark spent as much time dogging it as some people think. Now, having said that, he did not respond to the benching well at all. That is a hundred percent fact. Um, but this isn't a guy who, you know, just goes out there skating casually, like, you know, for regular recreational skate out here. I mean, he's still, uh, you know, is he a physical force? No. Is he a Selkie candidate? No, but he is a very high point producer. And that's a fact. Every team, there's lots of players who produce a lot of offense who aren't good defensively. Huss. I mean, we've talked about that before. Uh, sometimes that comes to the territory. Does that mean those players can't provide better effort? Of course not. And they'll, they'll need to. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it all depends on like, what is Kevin Chevaldeoff feel. And he's not going to tell us that publicly. Uh, yeah. If Rick Bonus and Mark Sh and or if Rick Bonus and Kevin Cheveldayoff have come to the conclusion that they need to move Mark Shifley, they're going to move Mark Shifley. Um, 
But like I said, I mean, the, the intel that I had been trying to gather from around the league, uh, there is a belief that those both players could start the year with the Jets. And I don't think that's the Jets just posturing. Uh, but at the same time, they have to be open to listening. And let's also, you know, it's pertinent because of the timing. I mean, there were rumblings about Patrick Liney well before he got traded. He showed up and was the best player in the game in the only game that he played in the season before he was traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And in an odd turn of events, Huss, he actually beat Johnny Goodrow down the ice before delivering the overtime winner, and now they're line mates. So um, I, I don't think for a second that... You had to run um, that, didn't you? <laughs> well, it, it's just, it's so crazy that that is the last, the last image of the Jets uh, with Patrick Line is that image. He literally, Goodrow had the puck. He had a scoring chance. Line got going up the ice. Goodrow didn't catch him. I mean, for all the times people are on Mark Shifley, Johnny Goodrow is in a similar position. He's not an elite defensive player. Uh, he's not even, you know, Goodrow, if you go back and look at Johnny Goodrow's last play as a member of the Calgary Flames, he had a terrible turnover in the game against the Oilers that knocked them out of the playoffs. A soft play along the boards in the in the offensive zone uh, that turned out being, I think, the series clincher. So, um all to say that I still expect that Mark Shifley is probably going to be on the move um, for some of the reasons that you mentioned. And, and also because the Jets understand they have a valuable asset on their hands. And if they can't, if they're not going to keep them beyond this season, then it would be in their best interest to try to move them for the best package. Now, of course, teams around the league have not made their best offer yet because they don't know if they're going to miss out on somebody in free agency they don't know what Elias Lindholm is doing yet, Huss. Once Lindholm's off the board, now all of a sudden some teams who are waiting on Lindholm may turn their attention to Shifley, and that's when the offers would more than likely one, improve. One, one, of the other, one of the other things, I mean, like I've asked a lot of people over the course of this bit hearing about Shifley. You're elsewhere. I mean, why is there no interest in it? Uh, I think his reputation's taken a real hit, um, you know, and we've sort of discussed that. The other thing is this with his change in reputation, there is a perception at least that Mark Shifley and his camp want a massive deal that is scaring people off. And frankly, teams don't aren't even considering it. And I think that's a big reason why the phone has been so uh, been so quiet about a player that certainly can produce, uh, but comes with a bunch of other question marks that are that are major issues in a team scenario. Kenny, listen, I kept you a little over time. I apologize. No, no, it's I good, know you've got a lot going on this is a great conversation love the show last night caught up on it when uh, we got back to the hotel afterwards uh looking forward to a chat on the weekend well i know that you'll have uh, lots on free agency and uh we'll have uh, plenty to talk about next week when we get back together on wst thank you very much for the time as always and uh we'll see you back home yeah safe travels huss and uh, we will be going up at uh, 3 p.m as soon as your show is over uh send oh, the raid over remo you got it. Well, Brimo destroyed a computer already today, so hopefully Alex <laughs> will know how to do that. Uh, but uh, there you go, folks. We'll be getting Safe up by travels, three. Safe travels, my man. And ready. We'll be live with uh, more from the fellas. Thanks, Ken. Have a great uh, day and safe travels, my man. Cheers. Good stuff. All right, we got more from Nashville coming up. Winnipeg Sports Talk at the NHL Draft in Nashville, presented by Coolbet, continues. We're going to hear from Craig Button. Promised you Button's reaction on, on the draft, but especially the Colby Barlow pick. And we will have a little bit more on the PLD trade with Daryl Evans coming up 
in just a couple of minutes before three o'clock when Ken and Sean get going. Um, of course, Princess Auto, our great partners are proud sponsors of the Bombers. And uh, listen, today's sort of been all in the draft. I promise we will talk Bombers tomorrow on the program because the team is heading out to Montreal to take on the Alouettes on Canada Day. Looking to uh, maybe uh, avenge what was uh, a shocking home loss to the British Columbia Lions last week and wouldn't want to be Montreal. Uh, but next week when the Bombers are back home, make sure to hit that Princess Auto tailgate party two hours before each game. 350 popping hot dogs, $5 beers, entertainment, DT, Doug Brown, and the OB pre-game show as well. <clears throat> it's definitely the place to be before every Bomber game. Of course, Princess Auto, very proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and your boys here at Winnipeg Sports Cations in Winnipeg. And you can always shop online at princessauto.com 24-7. Uh, big thanks to our friends at Consolidated Supply uh, for their great support. I've had tons of friends that have gone down to Consolidated Supply for all sorts of things. They are the leaders in irrigation systems. If you've got irrigation needs for, uh, you know, for a property, uh, but... A lot of guys want to work on that golf game in the backyard. Thinking about that dream putting green, they've got great artificial turf options as well if you want to put that in into the backyard. Not to mention, speaking of golf, great deals on new and used golf carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. Other great options for your property, including outdoor kitchens and hot tubs, not to mention the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see Consolidated Supply at the showroom, open to the public at 1395 Niagara Road East. Or find out more online at cte.ca. Well, we learned the newest Jet is Kobe Bar Kobe Barlow. I guess at some point we'll find out what number he'll be wearing for the Winnipeg Jets, along with a guy like Rucker McGrory. When uh, you want to get that new Jet jersey, only one place to go, and that is Royal Sports, Winnipeg's number one sports superstore for 40 years, family-owned over on Pemina Highway. And in addition to having the best selection of Jets gear, bomber gear, and merchant more of all the local teams, they also are the uh, best spot to go and make the most out of summer. Soccer, baseball, tennis, disc golf, and a great selection of bikes. It's all there at Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And make sure to follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina. The latest merchandise drop sale information will give you a heads up on when the next massive tent sale is coming up as well. And, of course, a big thanks to our friends at Boston Pizza. Bombers in action. If you're looking for a little AC, big screens, cold beers, game on with sound, that's Boston Pizza for you. Ice cold scooters, um, delicious world famous BP wings, and of course, those gourmet pizzas as well. And heck, if you're staying at home, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, a little bit more on the draft from last night. And of course, the PLD trade first off. Craig Button. I talked to Craig 30 seconds afterwards, and he uh, this was the guy that he loved. He admitted this was his draft crush. We caught up with Craig a little earlier today for his thoughts on the first round and Colby Barlow's selection by the Winnipeg Jets. Here with our pal TSN's director of scouting. It's draft day. It's like the Super Bowl for draft guys. How have you enjoyed uh, last night and so far today? Well, it's always fun to be at the draft. I mean, you, you look at the kids, they're wide-eyed, and they know that they're coming closer to the dreams they've had since they were young starting to play hockey. And their name's called. They put on the jersey. It's unbelievable to watch all that. And we watch them on the ice, but this is unbridled enthusiasm from the players, and it doesn't get better than that. Now, uh, I caught you about a minute after the Jets. <laughs> 
Jens picked Colby Barlow last night. Um, just tell us about Colby Barlow. Uh, he seemed to be a guy that you were pretty keen on. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> you more than liked him. Uh, he's, he's a real package. And what a, so I have to say, I interviewed him right afterwards. And again, I don't know much about him as the player, but uh, Rucker McGrody vibes like crazy. Well, he, he does have those vibes. Those vibes that you're feeling from Colby are exactly like Rutgers. And, you know, all kidding aside about Colby. I mean, I go into every draft, and when, when I was doing the draft uh, for TSN and NBC, we came up with this little draft crush. <laughs> Who's your draft crush this year? And for me, this year, it was Colby Barlow all the way. And, you know, you, you, you can look at the, at, at the outward skills, the, the, his ability to score, his ability to get in around the net. But I really think Colby's a complete player. And, you know, you, you see the goal scoring and you see that part of his game. We use the term 200-foot player and just kind of throw it out there. But I, I, I say to myself, what is a 200-foot player? A 200-foot player is somebody that knows how to play not only the different areas of the rink, but the different situations, and then execute them. Colby does that everywhere. He's a great penalty killer. He can play on the wall. He can play below the goal line, at the net, on the rush. He can play in so many different spots. And one of the things that I've always seen with Colby, and I, I have zero doubt about it, and we talked about this uh, after the first round, no matter what the game is, no matter who you're playing against, what the situation is, you are always going to get 100% of Colby Barlow. He's dialed in the win. And I think those are some of the vibes you saw from him that compare him to Rutger. Him and Rutger, I'm telling you, they're cut from the same cloth. Different types of players cut from the same cloth when it comes to competing. Well, and, and, and I mean, Craig, it's not going to be all on these young men's shoulders, but it does seem like the Winnipeg Jets are at a period where they are trying to sort of instill a bit of a culture change. And, you know, we thought that McGrory could be a bit of a culture carrier for the Winnipeg Jets in the future, and it certainly seems like Colby Barlow fits that bill as well. Yeah, but it's not going to be just left to those two young guys. Like, they're going to, like Adam Lowry's there. You, you know what oh, Adam absolutely. means to the team, right? So it's not like they're going to come in and have to establish it themselves. They're going to be able to come in and just make it stronger and make it better. And I, I mentioned Adam. There's a lot of good players that are driven to be good there and want to make. So when you're trying to make some changes and players are going to move out, and we've already seen Pierre-Luc Dubois leave, and there's going to be others. Now you start to look at these next wave of players coming in. That you know, it's one thing to have talent to play in the NHL, but you know, the will, the determination, you know, the desire to do whatever it takes for themselves to be better, and then to help the team be better. Those are qualities that teams are always looking for. I think with McGrory and Colby Barlow, uh, they both possess that in, in a big way. Very rare that a 17-year-old in junior hockey is the captain of a team. Um, and, and just looking at some of the video, the one thing that stood up about to me was his release and his shot. Um, I mean, you talk about a guy that's very competitive, that comes to play each and every night, that has leadership, but that release is not something that, you know, you just learn right away. Is that something that he has progressively got better at, or does he just have a gift when it comes to rifling that puck and doing it in space and traffic? I, I would say both. It's something that he's got a gift for, but it's also something that he works at extremely hard. So he's always pushing to be better. He's always pushing to make himself better. And, and, and that's just one element. You see the release. You see his ability to score from 35 feet and the accuracy that he has, the velocity in his shot. But he can score in so many different ways. I mean, he can score on tips and deflections in and around the net. He can score off the rush. And he can score. And he doesn't get pushed out of... Like, there's not like, oh, he's got to be on his forehand side. If he gets pushed, he knows 
knows how to maneuver himself into, into advantageous yeah. scoring positions. That That's what makes him so hard to defend. And you're right. A 17-year-old player going into junior hockey and being an unquestionable leader. And make make no mistake about it, he was the unquestionable leader in Owen Sound. And that's why Dale DeGray made him the captain. That's why they made him the captain. Because th there is no question. I mean, nobody had to say, who do you think our captain will be? Colby had already established who the captain was. And, and, and even if he didn't wear the C, he was the unquestionable leader. Just, just really... When I say complete player, I'm talking complete player, and I, I can't usually say that about 18-year-olds. Is there room for him to grow and get better? Absolutely, and, and he will. But I see a real complete player in Colby Barlow. Craig Button, TSN's director of scouting, with us discussing Colby Barlow. I just asked, I have to ask you about the first round. Um, there was some audible gasp in the room when the Ducks passed on Adam Fantilli. Were you as surprised as maybe some other people in the building? No, not at all. I mean, I don't know why there would be gasp. I mean, I, I think Adam and, and, and Leo are both really good players. I think they are going to be number one centers in the National Hockey League. They're different. They're like, there's all, the number one centers are all different in the National Hockey League. It's not like there's one cookie-cutter template, and that's what you have to be. Uh, you know, Leo is, is a playmaking center. He's got he's got size. I think he's become more comfortable shooting the puck. Adam's a great skater who, you know, really uses that speed and that skill to drive offense and to drive the puck into the offensive zone and into, into the scoring area. So they're different. They're different types of players. Now, you know, obviously, you know, you, you look at it, Anaheim had a choice, and their choice was 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 uh, Leo Carlson, and so now for him to be able to move into what they feel is is a fit for their group and for what they have not only on the ice now but also what they have in their prospect system. That's what the decisions come down to. It it's it, it's so close. It really is. It's so close. Listen, it wouldn't have surprised me if they drafted Will Smith because he's another top <laughs> center. But you know it is close, and then you try to determine what fits for your team. I say this for Fantilli. Pretty nice landing spot in Seabus with Patrick Laine and Johnny Gaudreau there. Uh, I imagine Yarmo and the, the gang in Columbus pretty happy about the way things have turned out. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think they would have been happy if Leo Carlson was there. And, and maybe they don't take Leo Carlson at three. Maybe they take Will Smith. Sure. I, I don't know. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you, you're going to be happy with a player that can do as many things as Adam Fantilli can do. And the game is so fast. And, and when you have a player that not only plays fast and, and, and uses speed, but he's got the skill to match it. You know, those are desirable qualities, and that's why it's easy for me to say clear-cut number one center in the National Hockey League. Uh, Craig, uh, I've got to ask you about the Blackhawks. I mean, we haven't talked a lot about Bedard just because everyone knew he was going number one, and we've been talking about him for the last three years. But they get Moore at 19, and now we've seen they add Taylor Hall. Uh, Looking like they're trying to acquire Corey Perry. How quick? How much has Chicago maybe sped up their rebuild because of winning the lottery of Connor Bedard and the subsequent moves that they've made? Well, I, I, I think there's parts there. You, I think any 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 time you're going to draft what I call a generational player, and, and that's that's Connor Bedard. You're going to be able to, you know, start to set your sights on knowing your team's going to be better. You know, everybody's thinking they're drafting players and our team's going to get better. But you know darn well when you draft a, a generation player, your, your, your team now is, is going to get better because he's going to drive play. But you also have to support those players. You have to make sure that they're surrounded and supported really nicely. And that's what Taylor Hall, that's what Nick Foligno coming in. And now you draft Oliver Moore. He's a couple years away. They drafted Korchinski last year. They're gonna, they got a lot of players in their prospect pool, right? But yes, now, now you're trying to, as you continue to move forward, 
in, in, in your rebuild, right? You're trying to yeah. add good players, right? But certainly, I don't know if it's faster, but I but I know that you you, you now know that there's a there, you you can see a direct path to success, and I think that that's what happens with Bedard, and certainly they've traded players to get picks, and now we'll, we'll just have, they're going to have to be patient, and I think Kyle Davidson has already emphasized that. Uh, Craig, before we go, I know it's all about the draft and young men being picked today, but uh, heading into the first round, there was a big trade involving the Winnipeg Jets and the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, what did you think about the return for Winnipeg for Pierre-Luc Dubois and the job Kevin Sheveldayoff did, trying to make the best out of what was somewhat of a tough situation? Well, the job that he did was, you know, can you talk about the tough situation. So, I mean, he had a number of places that he could have gone. He could have gone rebuild prospects, picks, and that's further down the line. But you're trading Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he was able to get players that come back and that are going to keep his team competitive. And, and, and it's made his team deeper. He's got he's got more depth in his lineup. So, you know, forced into a situation, he, I think Kevin really executed in a manner that allows the Jets, they got a lot of good players. You know that. I know that. The fans know that. We've talked about some changes that have to be made. We're seeing those being undertaken, and, and those are important for the Jets. But, you know, you're not looking now, okay, what do you think this player's timeline is? Velarde can drive play. He's heavy, he's skilled, he's competitive. Ayathalo's fast. And then you have Kupari, who's big and fast. Two young, I mean, he's a younger player with problems. You had three players with size and speed and some some drive in their game. Well, I'll tell you what, you're going you're gonna to remain competitive. I, I think Kevin, you know, set his sights on what he wanted to do. He might have been able to get prospects from another team or whatnot, but he said, no, I want to I want to keep this team in a competitive space, and, he, and I thought he did an excellent job. And he's not done. He's not done. He's got other players that are going to move out of here too before free agency. So you're going to have lots to talk about in the days to come. Stay tuned, everybody. Craig, thanks so much for your time. As always, always a pleasure to get together. Yeah, it is. It's always a pleasure to see you and spend time with you. Thank you. All right, there is our. All right, there's our pal Craig Button, who uh, has been so kind to us, and uh, we thank Craig for uh, for jumping on and. Uh, as he said, he's expecting a, a few more moves, a potential buyout, another trade, and certainly a different-looking Jet team moving into uh, the future and all likelihood for the beginning of next season. Time will tell, and we'll be telling you about it here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, uh, we did have a chance to catch up with Daryl Evans to get a little feedback from the L.A. side of things on the Dubois trade. We're going to finish up with that in just a moment. do want to thank our friends at Little Brown Jug for their great support. Long week. Again, coming up today, you got to have a couple racks of your favorite Winnipeg and Canadian local beer. Head on down to Little Brown Jug in the exchange. Of course, they've got the What's Golden event on Saturdays. Saturday, Canada Day would be a great place on that beautiful patio to uh, enjoy Little Brown Jug's finest. And, of course, you can pick up all your favorite beers there or at your favorite beer store. Of course, you can check out them out online as well as all their events at littlebrownjug.ca. And, hey, if you're heading to the Gold Eyes, who are back next week know that you can get uh, the uh, new generic lager, which is a favorite of mine. And of course the flagship 1919 as well at all Winnipeg gold eyes games. Speaking of the gold eyes been a better week for the fish kind of started at winning a series on the weekend after a real rough, rough stretch, continue to play some better baseball. Hopefully continue this run and I get on a hot streak back at home next week to kick off the month of July. Check out schedule, promotional events and dates coming up for what will be a busy month of July. And stay tuned to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Maybe next week, Remo, will pick that date for our Winnipeg Sports Talk night and get you details on uh, 
big gathering of the WST crew. We'd love to see you there. And no better place to spend a summer evening than out at the ballpark eating and drinking with uh, friends from Winnipeg Sports Talk. Again, goldeyes.com. Hey, I mentioned, uh, of course, our great support from CoolBet. And, of course, CoolBet sponsors the Lock Shop with myself and Dustin Nielsen. And Pat Gregor joined us. We had a hell of a store the Rocket Mortgage Championship right now with our exclusives. I'm getting these texts all day from Pat about Aberg, uh, as well as Ricky Fowler. So uh, we'll be paying attention to that. Of course, we'll spend some time maybe tomorrow with a bit of a real update on that tournament and a little bit more on the golf now that the crazy week in Nashville is finished. But of course, we've got free agency on the weekend. But all of our golf reports are brought to you by our friends at Breezy Bend Golf and Country Club. Can't wait to get out there when I get back in town on the long weekend. If you're looking for an amazing spot for you and your family as a long-term golfing home, get on over to uh, breezybend.ca or talk to our friend Corey Johnson about getting on the waiting list for the 2024 season. And... Uh, our friends at Assiniboine Downs, of course, on t- tonight. But uh, coming back on holiday Monday, that's going to be a big, big day at the Downs. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, live racing each and every day. Of course, VLTs and great food seven days a week. Find out more at asdowns.com. And uh, we'll get back with uh, hopefully some winning picks for a new month next week when we're back after the long weekend. But Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, live racing, and maybe make a point of finishing up the long weekend with a trip to Assiniboia Downs. And uh, just before we hear from Daryl Evans, speaking of long weekend, hopefully many of you are going to put some lines in the water over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, I cannot wait to do that at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge coming up next month, my favorite few days of the year. If you're thinking about a world-class fly-in fishing uh, experience, you can be on the water two hours from the city of Winnipeg, that is Aikens Lake. And as incredible as the fishing is, the only thing better is the world-class hospitality from the Turen family and the great Aikens Lake team. Find out more at AikensLake.com or you can hit, hit up on uh, Twitter at Aikens Lake for a little bit more information on limited availability for the rest of the season or get booking for 2024. All right, before we finish up this program, We've spent all our time talking about the draft itself. There weren't many trades. The biggest trade this week, of course, has been Pierre-Luc Dubois going to the Los Angeles Kings. And the always resplendent Daryl Evans was hanging around. And we grabbed him for a few minutes to talk about the trade and the members of the LA Kings that are now Winnipeg Jets. Here it is. All right, we're here with Daryl Evans. Daryl, first of all, best dressed man of the draft, as always. Uh, how are you enjoying the weekend? Ah, you know, it's always great coming together here. You get uh, to see everybody in the hockey world under one roof. Uh, some great relationships that you've made over the years and some old friends. And you meet some new people as well, so it's real. It's really nice. I guess the weekend is coming up, but it kind of <laughs> feels like a weekend, but very busy. Um, listen, for uh, Jets and Kings fans, uh, things got off to a... Uh, big start with a pretty big trade um let me just ask you right off the bat um what was your uh, reaction to uh, Pierre Luc Dubois to the Kings and the package coming back to Winnipeg well I think it's a great deal both ways and you know that's why trades are made uh, you know both teams are looking for something in particular uh in order to take the next step with where they're at in, in, with their franchise from the Kings standpoint the last couple of years 
making it to the playoffs, uh, you know, recognizing a need for some size and uh, j just some depth up the middle of the ice and physicality. And I think Dubois does a great job at fitting that. He brings some offense. He can help complement the group that's in place. And the package that the Winnipeg Jets get is real solid. Uh, Alex Iafalo is a real solid player. He can play in every position that you want up front. Uh, Velarde, he's an up-and-coming young player. He's you know, over 20 goals last year. A lot of potential there. And Rasmus Kapari proved that he can play you know, as a role model, uh, pardon me, as a role player right now in the NHL and maybe elevate his role as well, a former first-round pick. You know, uh, let's start off with Velarde. He sort of is the centerpiece of this trade. I mean, a younger player, first-round pick, under team control for a number of years. Uh, he had a breakout season last year. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you saw and how he uh, grew into a guy that was a real difference maker for the Kings on most nights. Yeah, he's a, you know, took a big step this past year, and uh, I think the Kings and the Winnipeg Jets now expect him, uh, you know, to raise that ceiling a little bit more. A lot of more confidence in his game. He's got the versatility to be able to play the wing and center. Uh, great on the power play. He's got exceptionally soft hands, great vision on the ice, and he's a big, strong kid. So uh, there's a lot there. I think he can help their power play out. And again, he's going to compliment the guys that he's on the ice with. He'll make them better players because of his hockey IQ. Uh, I have fellow comes with a reputation of being a real solid a middle six player, a great 200-foot game defensively as well. Um, what can he bring to the Winnipeg Jets when he gets into the lineup next season? Well, he's a guy that can move up and down your lineup. You know, you say a middle, you know, middle six type of forward, but he can elevate as he's played most of his career with guys like Andre Kopitar, Dustin Brown. He can play the left side, the right side, even a little bit in the middle. He can play on the power play, the penalty kill. And aside from how valuable he is on the ice, he's just a great person as an individual, a great teammate. The guys are going to love him, and uh, the coaches are going to love him because he's a great bridge between, you know, the coaches and the young players coming in. I don't think Winnipeg fans know a lot about Rasmus Kampari. Uh, he is a, a former first rounder. Uh, tell us a little bit about his game and, and how much he might benefit from maybe more opportunity in a Winnipeg Jet lineup as opposed to what he might have been behind in the LA Kings. I agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, Kapari again, former first round pick. He's got size. He's a good skater. Good vision on the ice. Uh, he took on a role as a little bit on the penalty kill. Uh, they took, showed a lot of trust in him in that. He improved in the faceoff circle. He too can play both center and the wing. Shoots the puck well. I still think there's a little bit more offense in his game that we saw in LA, and maybe because of the situation he was in LA, where he was playing, maybe be a little bit smothered. So now an opportunity to kind of rebirth in in his in his uh, career, and a chance maybe to be elevate his role and maybe play on that third line. But uh, it'll be an interesting to see where his career goes in the next couple of years. A really big commitment to PLD with the eight-year extension at $8.5 million, but I imagine from a Kings standpoint, they're pretty excited looking at that center ice position going into the next season with Kopitar, Dano, and now Pierre-Luc. Yeah, that's a great uh, you know uh, lineup up the middle of the ice. It allows them to line up against pretty much anybody in the league and makes the Kings that much more difficult to play against. Bringing a guy in like Dubois up the middle of the ice, he now finishes off everybody. You look at like last year, you know, with Velarde playing on the wing, Byfield got switched over to the wing a little bit. Uh, you know, and we saw that uh, Kevin Fiala, who was acquired last year in the offseason, he really didn't have a you know a permanent centerman. So now with the block coming up the middle of the ice, the Kings are going to be able to put three lines together that are not only going to be able to create offense, it should give them a lot more time and possession with the puck and make them that much deeper. Daryl, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the NHL schedule yet, but... Uh... 
game three of the season, the Jets' second home game is against none other than the Los Angeles Kings in Winnipeg. It'll be a homecoming for Pierre-Luc and uh, obviously a chance for uh, the former Kings to play against their season. What a way to get things going in week one. Yeah, it really is, especially with such a, you know, a, a big trade, a trade that, you know, impacts both franchises. Uh, you know, I think the, you know, the fans in, in Winnipeg are really going to enjoy the guys that they've got. Uh, they'll, uh, there are three guys that can step in and play immediately. With Dubois coming and the commitment that he made to the Kings and the Kings made to him, that there's a future there. Uh, you know, eventually there's going to be a passing of the torch. You look at a guy like Kopitar who's played his entire career with the Kings. You know, he can't play forever, unfortunately, but uh, Dubois is going to be embraced by the Kings fan. And I think it's good to get one of those games out of the way early in the season because there's going to be a lot of emotions on both sides. Daryl, great to see you again. Keep turning heads. Thanks so much for your time. Always a pleasure, and we'll look forward to seeing you in Winnipeg real soon. All right, there it is. Daryl Evans, LA Kings legend, as you uh, mentioned in the chat. And uh, listen, he's a legend with his looks, uh, but I think it was Kabilis who mentioned he was part of that uh, legendary miracle on Manchester uh, comeback against the Edmonton Oilers and has been a huge mainstay in LA Kings media for a long time. And uh, it was fun to get his perspective on the new members of the Jets coming over from LA in the PLD trade. <clears throat> All right, normally... We sometimes go a little longer. We can't today because we got uh, we got a milk run here, folks. Uh, we got to get on a plane, get to the airport, get packed up, get on a plane, get back to Winnipeg. We will be back tomorrow. We'll do a full wrap of uh, of the the week. Uh, Billick's going to join us tomorrow. Rewicki doing something. Ace Burpee's coming on the program as well tomorrow. A great friend of ours from the old building, who's spearheading something that I think is uh, just. Phenomenal for someone that uh, is special, I think, to most of us. And that, of course, is Dancing Game Langlois. So we'll let you know about that and how you can help. Um, and we will also maybe recap a number of incidents that happened behind the scenes here in Nashville, including Laptop Gate, which was from earlier today. Check my Twitter feed for the photo and the picture of what happened. Uh, and that is another reason why we got to thank our guy Alex Allard, who came in out of the bullpen to save the day when uh, things were looking a little sketchy for today's show. But uh, all in all, um, uh, it, it has been a great, great day. Of course, Winnipeg Sports Talk in Nashville, the NHL Draft, has been presented by CoolBet. We appreciate all the comments um, that we've uh, been getting. The, uh, it's been a great week for the show. Some huge, huge shows for us. And uh, the fact that we've been able to be here and bring the sights and sounds of such an exciting week for the Winnipeg Jets back to fans means a lot to us. We would not have been able to do it without Pat and the gang at CoolBet and their support. Uh, normally, we kind of get a little bit more into the CoolBet lines. Uh, can tell you, though, we do have three CFL games this week. Dusty and I, Dusty's going to crank out a solo lock shop with my picks, but I can tell you that the odds right now over at CoolBet are as follows. Ottawa our pal Bobby Dice looking for that win against the winless Edmonton Elks. Ottawa is two and a half point favorites. That game's going tomorrow night in Ottawa in the nation's capital, right down the street from where Alex Allard is. And then on Saturday, the Bombers are in Montreal to take on the Alouettes. They'll be an ornery bunch. Bombers, six point favorites on the road against Bajardo and the Owls. And then, of course, the other game is the British Columbia Lions and the Toronto Argonauts, both undefeated, 
BC, two and a half point favorites on the road against the defending Grey Cup champs. Get on over to Cool Bet if you're looking to sprinkle on uh, it or anything else. Support uh, it's the uh, it's the best. I've been there for a long time before they even worked with us, and now we've got a great partnership. If you haven't played there before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Um, despite not doing anything and somehow the laptop being destroyed earlier today, I got to give a shout out to Remo. You've seen the quality of some of the video we've had, audio, everything. There really has been a ton of work behind the scenes making it. You kicked ass, my friends. The feedback we've got has meant a lot. And, uh, as I say, this is just uh, uh, the, the fact that we've been able to pull this off and it's gone as well as it has. I think we'll be able to do far more into the future, uh, along with partners like CoolBet making it happen for ourselves and, of course, for Winnipeg Sports Talk fans. Uh, but a huge thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Thank you for the feedback. Hit that thumbs up. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that red subscribe button. And if you found us on YouTube, know that WST podcast is uploaded just after the live show every day in time for your drive home, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Put in Winnipeg Sock and make sure you subscribe there as well. And if you can, you got a Jets fan that might not know about us, let them know. Winnipeg Sports Talk's the place to be. And uh, maybe show them the Colby, Colby Barlow interview. And I'm sure you'll be fired up for the upcoming season. Of course, development camp next week. We will be doing a show tomorrow. No days off going into the long weekend. We'll get you set. and We'll be back with our regular computers. We will drop some marbles. Rowicki, uh, Scott Billick. Ace Burpee, I'm looking forward to having Ace on the program uh, as well as a little bit more on both the Gold Eyes and the Bombers. And of course, a wrap of draft week and the latest around the National Hockey League heading into free agency on Saturday. All coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, one more time for Michael Remus, Andrew Patterson in Nashville at the NHL draft. Thank you to CoolBet for the sponsorship and making it happen. Thanks to all of you for making us a part of your day and enjoying the content. And we will see you back in Peg City tomorrow with a big Friday show heading into the long weekend. Have a great night tonight. We'll catch you in 22 hours back north of the border on WST. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.